this week on Let's Talk About It. It's all about slave movies. Do we need to make more of them? Are they even important to the storytelling of the black story in America? And we're going to end by talking about some slave movies that we can actually stand. You're here. You've joined us. Let's talk about it. Hello there. Yo. It's another episode of Let's <laughs> Talk About It. I'm Malcolm Morgan. And I'm Micah Morgan. And we're so glad that you joined us today. Again. Again. You've made it back. I appreciate you. How are you doing, love? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good. You know? Chill accent. Chill accent. <laughs> I don't believe that for one second. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's great to be doing these shows with you, getting to have these conversations not only with you but with our beloved listeners oh so kind of you and it's this mutual week, and this week is another very, thought-provoking very end. light topic you know we like those light topics <laughs> slave movies <laughs> that's right we're talking about slave movies guys oh man we've all sent out the tweet where we saw the trailer for the latest slave movie mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. why are we doing this why are we doing well and i think is Ant- is Antebellum considered the most recent one? Probably. I'd have I think to so. think a little deeper about it. But, yeah. yeah. And then there was also that, um, oh, it's that new show that came Underground. Out. Underground. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those are the most recent installments yes. to this genre. Yes. And this is actually a part of probably a bigger, a bigger, we could have a bigger conversation about like art and media that depicts black trauma in general yes not that, just that slave movies mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> i'm already revved up i got notes <laughs> so i want to i want to clarify from the from the start that we are talking about movies that depict american slavery right. and that is um african-americans being enslaved from the country mm-hmm. of, from the nation and from the continent of africa mm-hmm. um and so that's an important distinction to make because there's a lot of de- slavery is depicted in uh, several other areas and instances but this is specifically what we're talking about is american slavery mm-hmm. of africans yes. in america yeah so no no ben-hur no uh no prince Gladiator. of egypt <laughs> no no prince of egypt yeah. just no. just just good old-fashioned <laughs> glory Amistad. Amistad. <laughs> uh yeah so just wanted to clarify that from the beginning so this is going to be another closed-ended uh question where we we begin with the answer (laughs) which is a resounding no (laughs) i think i think we have we've we've done them all (laughs) um i i just personally don't think we need any more slave movies um and i think a part of that a part of why is because of where the genre is heading Mm. It it's almost like because the story is so flat, mm-hmm. the story is America produced everything on the backs of people of color, mm-hmm. Africans that were stolen from their land. And it was gruesome. It was terrible. It was cruel. 
and we're over it it's over (laughs) and there are still forms of it happening now (laughs) like that's a very flat storyline and so i think screenwriters and and directors have tried to become more imaginative and the only way they can do that is to find more gruesome ways to to depict the trauma of slavery Mm. to be different from the last slave movie And it's like, yo, I, I, I just don't, I don't feel like seeing someone get whipped on the screen anymore. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm over it. I think to go along with that, the perspective of the story matters. Right. Yes. Um, like this is not a slave movie, but this is just an example. The, the Green Book movie mm. um, with Viggo Mortensen and Herschel Ali, um, the family of, I forgot the, the main character's name, but yeah, the character that Herschel Ali played. The family of that real life person did not support the movie, were not consulted on the movie because the movie is written from the perspective of the white man, Italian, mm-hmm. who drove um, Mahersha Ali's character mm-hmm. around the country. Um, so perspective matters. And I think that also matters in the slave movies. You know, movies like Glory, although a great movie got Denzel his first Oscar was from the perspective of really the white general and the difficulties right. he was facing leading this all-black platoon. And it yeah. touched a little bit on the difficulties of the black people, but it was really focused on from the perspective of this white character. Um, and so I think that really matters as well. How are we centering these stories? Yeah, and I think we've the industry has certainly gotten better with that. I, I can't recall. I, do you recall a recent slave movie that was done that the protagonist was a white person? Maybe I don't know. I don't I, like I can't remember one. So I think I think at minimum the industry has acknowledged like, oh, if we're going to do slave movies, maybe we shouldn't center white voices mm-hmm. so explicitly. Yeah. Um, so they're at least doing that. But I also think like the the creativity is just it's just so it's narrow. Mm-hmm. Like you. There's there's not a whole lot of nuance. I think for the most part, all the slave movies are like. In the cotton fields or, you know, highlighting the um, the tension between the field slaves and the house slaves. And it's like, OK, I, I can imagine there was a little bit more to the slave experience than just that. Mm-hmm. But it's entertainment. Right. So yeah. I think screen screenwriters and directors are like, well, folks aren't going to want to watch if we're not showing the most um, provocative and familiar parts mm-hmm. of slavery. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm coming right out of the gate. Like, mm-hmm. ah, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Well, one of those most, most recent movies was antebellum. And mm-hmm. I think when we, when you see kind of the trailers for it coming out, I think we had pretty high hopes for that movie. We did. And we actually reviewed it on this podcast. I don't remembering. Yeah, we did. We did review it on we this did. podcast. We did, so go back to season one, yes, y'all. season and, one. And give that a listen. And to review and watch, watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, think, I think that was an attempt. And mm-hmm. so what I will say is that now the industry is trying to... Um, we think. I, I think. I think that the industry is trying to kind of connect... Or is acknowledging that slavery hasn't quite ended. Mm, yeah. It has changed form. Mm-hmm. And so you have Get Out, which was, I think, I will always think Get Out is just a masterpiece. Mm. But it's this idea that there was, that there is the exploitation of, of an ownership of black bodies that is is still being attempted mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it was just a masterful way to show that. And Antebellum tried that. Yeah. I think to kind of something. It it tried something. I think it tried to send the message that there there is some, you know, connection still today to the way black bodies are enslaved and exploited and how how black voices are suppressed in academia, for example. Um, But just, you know, it didn't it didn't I don't think it did it quite that well. It didn't hit. Yeah. I think that's kind of the the good and bad of a movie like Get Out is that everybody is trying to make that film now. Mm-hmm. Some, Everyone's trying to be the next Get Out, right? It's, I think people are trying to do it both uh, lightly and then way more obviously, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you can look at um, what's the show that we that we them, them on mm-hmm. Amazon just seems a lot like a rip off of a lot of the general themes from Get Out, from Get Out and yeah. Us, and even and the us. title of Good it. Point, yeah. You know, barring that that pronounism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 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 not it's not hidden. Some people like it, but I'm not a fan. I just I can't I can't go I can't go back to it. So I think this is where we transition into the fetishization of mm-hmm. black trauma. Yeah. Like, I am so grateful for my Twitter peeps because some of them were like, y'all, y'all need to know what's coming. Like, I'm not going to spoil it for for listeners, but um, some folks on Twitter were just like, you need to know that there's going to be some really visually traumatic scenes coming up um, and very triggering. And when I was reading through Twitter and kind of getting the synopsis of some of these scenes, I'm just like, what? Why is this necessary? Like, why do we need to, why do we need to visually capture brutal black trauma against like trauma against black bodies in Mm -hmm. order to tell these stories? Like we, we're already, we're still seeing it today. Like we're still getting gunned down by the police. We're still seeing, oh my goodness, Queen and Slim. Mm. We, I'm not even going to go on that. But yes, Queen and Slim is another example. Um, but I'm saying like in the news in real life, mm-hmm. right? Like folks are still getting gunned down by the police. We had a disproportionate um, impact on the black community for COVID. Black mothers are still dying at a higher rate during labor. Like there's enough trauma still happening. Like why do we need to see it on screen? Mm-hmm. Cheese and rice. Yeah, it's, it's, I think what people miss about Movies like it get out is that it was clear what the message was, mm-hmm. but we also didn't we weren't brutalized with it, we weren't beat over the face with it it, it was a good balance of okay well, here's what's on the surface, here's what's below the surface mm-hmm. here's some just funny observations to give you in the meantime here's Very some funny well moments done. yeah oh, the here here comes Rod to say something that's still on theme, <laughs> but it's gonna make you chuckle a little bit right and right. Not, not be sitting there cringing and crying throughout the whole movie. And like there were no black bodies brutalized. Yeah, that we saw. Yes, that we saw. Yes, it was hinted at. Yes, yeah. So I think it's important that you are balancing out your content mm-hmm. in that way. I think these stories can still be told, and, and some of them should be told. Speaking specifically to some of these, some of the media that depicts black trauma, I think those stories can be told. I think another good example of it is the HBO show Lovecraft Country. I think. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it. It. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> there was. There were some moments, 
and and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't black bodies i would say that mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of of trauma but it, it got pretty gruesome yes but that was more from i think that was more the horror aspect and sci-fi aspect of right. the show they had more to do so than the yeah and i think i think what the what makes a difference is that can be the backdrop the racial tension in those things can be the backdrop of the show but it doesn't have to be the narrative of the show if that makes good sense. point yeah yeah so with lovecraft country that was kind of the backdrop and it informed a lot of things that were happening but it was really lovecraft country at its core was a science fiction horror type mm-hmm. movie not necessarily a movie we're following these people dealing with the the jim crow south right even though that's part of the story that's not really it's kind of what it's about but it's deeper than that right right and and i would say there was a healthy kind of like tying in of Mm -hmm. those elements right um yeah yeah i was i would say that and i also appreciated just just for me like the the nuance yeah um and I think that's what we're getting at with with Get Out is you can tell these stories and and you like because we already know them mm-hmm. you don't have to like tell them so hard yeah. if that makes sense yeah. like you can bring in some metaphor be creative like make commentary on how this connects to the present day yeah. but but the thing with like the traditional slave movie is it's almost like they're beating you over the head with look at how gruesome slavery was. And it's like, well, well, most of us already know that. Yeah. <laughs> I not- mean, there is a segment of the of America that believes it was just <laughs> an in- internship program. Oh, but for the most part, <laughs> the we original, already know the original internship. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I hate to make this this comparison, but it's something that you know you, you talked about, kind of being reintroduced to the to the slave trope over and over again. It's kind of something that comic book people get frustrated with especially with batman and superman, superman mm. movies where we get the origin story and it's the same origin story Pretty over much. and over again and it's yeah. like we get can we skip this can we not get can we just skip the idea that you have for <laughs> superman and batman one and get to two and three and let's tell some different stories <laughs> and it's the same thing with slave movies like the yeah. first hour we're just watching just everybody getting beaten uh-huh. within the inch of their life and yep. then the last 15 to 20 minutes is something kind of hopeful, but it really doesn't end hopefully. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's a glimmer of hope. Kidding. And then we're no, going to rip it from your fingers. This is slavery. Sorry. There's no hope. <laughs> there's no hope. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, have we got a Juneteenth movie? No, actually. Like, can we get a movie about how the last slaves found out that they was free and what happened? That would be nice. Although. I wonder if that's too anticlimactic. Like Hollywood is just like, nah, you can't really, you know what I mean? We watch a lot of movies that we know the ending to. That's true. That's true. But I'm I'm just it's thinking like, of it from so Hollywood's here guys, perspective. Here's something that I have thought about, and I'm I don't know if anybody's thought about this. You go to the movie, you buy a ticket. Obviously, let's say you're going to go see I don't know Avengers. Uh huh. You buy the ticket, but did you guys ever notice that the title and the, with the name of the movie comes like? sometimes 10 minutes into the movie like it's a surprise <laughs> like you might not know what movie you came to <laughs> okay i see what you mean like one of the characters slips it into one of their or lines. not even that like it's like they do this big opening scene and, and then the flat oh. the name of the movie pops up after this initial scene like oh my god i didn't know i was i in, didn't know that's what we were I didn't doing know I was in dark night i thought this was something you know, else some, some people might have forgotten you don't know <laughs> and so 10 minutes is a long time i say that to say there's a lot of 
not real suspense in a lot of these movies, right. especially when they're based on a book or the Bible or whatever. Like right. Passion of the Christ, how does it end? Like we know how Passion of the Christ ends. <laughs> Prince true. of Egypt. Do they get out of Egypt? Come see Prince of Egypt and find out. Like we already know what, what happens. happens to Moses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's legit. That's legit. And then for and, and the other thing is that there's some tropes that just the hero usually wins, unless it's a slavery movie. Well, yeah. yes. Well, <laughs> then you got to wonder who's the actual hero of this movie. Ah, that's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Screenwriters are uh, they're not always on the right side. They're not always on the right side. Nope. No. Original birth of a nation. So, so I think to kind of bring this to a neat little close, what I will say is the the directors of Antebellum, even though I don't know if they were as successful as they wanted to be, when when you look at interviews, like transcripts of interviews that they've done, they really do. They seem to have really thought it through. Like mm-hmm. they really tried to offer something new to the industry. Mm-hmm. And so there was a quote from. One of the co- co-directors, Gerard Bush, that I think is helpful because it, it really kind of neatly puts into words where the slave movie kind of segment of the industry should be mm-hmm. heading. Um, and what he says is Antebellum isn't just a movie. It can't be. Films about slavery have an uphill battle to climb with critics, historians and audi- audience members. There is a responsibility lurking behind each reel. A dialogue should be sparked. Perspective should be shifted. It's an incredibly tall order for any piece of art, but represents the peculiar conundrum of films about what Bush called this country's original sin, mm-hmm. which is slavery. Yeah. Right. So I think Gerard, he, I mean, Bush is really kind of understanding that if a slave movie is going to be done well, it really needs to kind of push perspectives. It really needs to spark a dialogue yeah. and not just kind of, depict history depict history because we, we we have history books for that mm-hmm. right so yeah. i thought that was for me i was like okay i i appreciate that there was some thoughtfulness behind it yeah. and i think an example of what i think is important in these storytellings is uh, 12 years a slave which is r- based off a memoir written by solomon northup who was the mm-hmm. who was the free man who was made a slave and then was free again mm-hmm. um i think that's and it was directed and produced by black men. That's right. Yeah. So I think once again, the centering, whose voices are we centering? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whose story are we really telling and who's telling the story? Mm-hmm. And I think all of those things can help contribute to kind of shifting the narrative of these slave moves. And there's all kinds of other slave stories that aren't the traditional slave story mm-hmm. of black people getting destroyed white people feeling guilty for a little bit and then not feeling guilty anymore. <laughs> exactly. Or one white person feeling guilty and that person being destroyed and then the slaves being like it's it or black people trying to get free and they all die. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yikes. Y'all tried. Um, there's all kind of different stories that we can tell. And, but I also agree that maybe they just don't need to be told by and large. It needs to be an exception to the rule. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, why don't why don't we shift now yes. to <laughs> to our entertainment segment, um, or I guess our other entertainment yeah. segment, um, and talk about some of the slave movies we can stomach, mm. <laughs> or I don't know if we would be so bold as to say enjoy if yeah, we would use weird. that word. It's weird. <laughs> I don't think we would. It's weird. Um, 
But but for you, would, I mean, would it be Twelve Years a Slave, or you got to? I mean, I enjoy that one. movie, but I, I I would like to hear yours first because I actually yeah. I think we agree on one on this one. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, drum roll. <clears throat> I, do, I do have that sound effect. I don't remember which button it is. So imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine a drum roll. So so my the movie that I can stomach the most, and I would say enjoy a, like a subtle enjoyment just because of the storyline would be the birth of a nation mm. um nate parker's um uh, the birth of a nation and for me yes i know that it, it flies in the face of everything we've been talking about because the end is a very brutal gruesome mm-hmm. brutal portrayal of men black men being killed mm-hmm. i yes and I mean, I've watched the movie maybe three times and sometimes I don't I don't even really pay attention to that part because it's a bit much. Mm -hmm. But the the poetic kind of arc of Nat being exploited as a preacher that was essentially being sent around a circuit of plantations to to preach to slaves in order to make them more subservient Mm -hmm. the fact that he essentially rebels and uses his influence and power oh i didn't even give y'all a spoiler alert spoiler alert y'all i'm sorry if y'all ain't seen the movie by now y'all ain't never gonna see it so yeah it's 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 pretty old um (laughs) but yeah like for me it was so poetic to see him use his power and influence to try to liberate his brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. like for me it was like yes like that that is the 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 poetry and the redemption that I want to see captured about chattel slavery in America. Yeah. That that it wasn't just this and that man. Like there's this this subculture of hmm of folks in America who have really tried to twist mm-hmm. slavery as this like oh no like slaves if they had a good master then they you it know they enjoyed it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. like they were given food shelter and it's like. No, this was one of the cruelest Mm -hmm. ways that they not only like put into law to treat people, Mm -hmm. but like made like profited off of. So it was incentivized to be cruel to black bodies. Mm -hmm. This was no internship program. And so for me, seeing slave movies like The Birth of a Nation, where there's this like flip, Mm -hmm. they're like, no, I'm not going to let you exploit me anymore. I'm going to use the power that you gave me to rebel against you. Like for me in that movie, I'm like, yes, I'm here for that. Yeah, I I actually really enjoy Birth of a Nation. And, you know, Nat Turner, who the the story of the slave Mm -hmm. that you talked about that Nat that um, Nate Parker is playing is a story that's. It's historically it's in such a weird place where i think people are aware of it but they aren't aware of it Mm, no i I don't think i don't think most people are the way that you're talking about like the way that the bible was well i'm talking about just the story of nat turner oh that's what happened yeah yeah it's it's in history books, but it's not really in history books. I don't think I learned about I've it. Read, but it's never like a full. We never get a full chapter. It's just a blurb. It's like a little blurb. Oh yeah, it's Nat Turner. And to, and Nat and Nat Turner rebelled. Some names and and then they it, died. It didn't work. Yeah, that's it. Um, but to fully understand the story, and Nate Parker had a really hard time getting this movie made mm. because it really flew at the faces at a lot of the slave narratives mm-hmm. that were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories you can do with that with some of the things that came out about him personally and all that kind of stuff. That's true. Yeah. Um, all around the same time that he was trying to get this movie made. Mm-hmm. So the 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 Nat Turner story is is an incredible story. Yeah. That I think was really important, 
you know, as as we talked about, you know, do we need any more slave movies? That's a story that needed to be told. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, I think the story of 12 Years a Slave needed to be told. The mm-hmm. so- story of a free man becoming, not becoming, but forced back into slavery and mm-hmm. then getting his freedom again. That's a story that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with, with Birth. That we own that movie. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I might slip up and go back and watch that. You might. I might join you. <laughs> I might just join you. But can I say one more thing mm-hmm. about another reason I like it is because I think it tells a beautiful story about the birth of the black church in America. Yeah. yeah. Um, because this, like, wh- what you saw with Nat Turner is Nat begins to develop his own liberation theology. Yeah. He begins to understand that, like, no, like, the God that we're reading about in the Bible is not a God that says that they approve of oppressing people mm-hmm. like these, you know, six passages that these slave masters want me to preach to my fellow slaves. Those have been twisted painfully out of context, first off, but they're also like enveloped within a grander story of a God who liberates yeah. like at, at the core of what God does. And mm-hmm. so that I would say is the birth of the black church that slaves began to discover that like God is on the side of the oppressed and God is in the business of empowering the oppressed to first realize their dignity and their belovedness and to use that power, the knowledge of their belovedness to, to exercise their own liberation and the liberation of others. Like, man, like I'm here for that. (laughs) (laughs) yeah birth of a nation i mean yeah it's i was gonna say one of the things that i also enjoy about that movie is that it flips kind of the narrative of christianity being a white man's religion mm-hmm. on its head mm-hmm. i mean you can we can go much deeper and do a whole podcast about that mm-hmm. in and of itself but here he he takes something that was supposed to be a weapon against mm-hmm. against slaves and used it to galvanize mm-hmm. and empower and push people to to do what needed to do to be to be free and it it so ignited him that he couldn't just he couldn't even just keep preaching that message and stay on the plantation. No, this is a biblical imperative that somebody has to be the Moses in this situation yes. and get us out of here. Yes. And that person is me. Like yeah. I have to do this. Yeah. And I have to be the leader of this. It, like he he couldn't he couldn't not yeah. do it. And that like that is that is the the foundation of the black church yeah. the it the black church at its core is a community of moses moses is mosai and esters yeah who liberate because we understand that that is what god wants for us yeah. he does not god they do not want us to be oppressed yeah and so like the beauty of that like you really watch like there's there's scenes of Nat like praying mm-hmm. and and re like rediscovering who God is yeah. and and there's scenes of 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 Nat preaching scriptures that focus on liberation yeah. you know to 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 galvanize his brothers and sisters mm-hmm. to prepare for their rebellion like those are just beautiful scenes yeah so now, guys, that we've talked about all of this, like deep symbolism and great high art like, of slave movies, I'm about to run. What you about it to talk about? Talking about <laughs> a slave movie that I can stomach. I bet I know what it is. It is Django. Django. Oh my goodness, okay. guys! I understand. I understand us, the problematic nature of some of it. The fact that it's Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Whatever you feel about Quentin Tarantino, you're probably right. Yes, you are probably right. But one of my 
markers of progress mm. is that we could put out a movie like Django Unchained and it hold up and be fine. You know, you know what? I'll give you that. I, yep. don't, I don't have to have the slave story where the, the person who gets beaten to death wins the Oscar because they played a great slave that was beaten to death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we can put out a movie that is gratuitously violent towards slave owners Yikes. and slave masters Yikes. and overseers. And it is just fine. Yikes. Which I would say, just really quick, the newest iteration of that, I would say, is um, what's the other movie by Nate, Nate Parker? American, American Son? American Son, yeah. I mean, it didn't hold up as well, but it was still another depiction of, like, gratuitous violence against. Well, actually, it wasn't very violent. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, that's the, but there that's was the rub attempt. of that movie yeah. is that they kind of cut out anything that even could have been violent. That's true. There's they a lot of snipping. cut out of the movie. Yeah, but the storyline was there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. you. I'm with you. But yeah, I I enjoyed that we were able to put this movie out. A, where the black person wins at the end. By the way, it's true. And kills all of them and rides off into the sunrise. Sun. Rise. It was dark, so yes, yeah, sunrise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With his woman. Yes. But it also made some pretty some pretty interesting comments about A the some of the <laughs> I don't know, I guess I'll just say it, stupidity of some of these slave masters some of these slave masters and their true. and their logic and how they treated people in the <laughs> it's some some of the like conversations. Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who was um I forgot what his name was, but he was kind of the owner of the biggest plantation in the mm-hmm. area. And some of the conversations he's having with his slave, um his slaves are no there's actually another one the guy i forgot they call him big daddy and he's having a conversation with his slave about <laughs> he's like now this is Django. Django is a free man so you got you can't treat him like another slave i'm changing the language by the way you right because because they got real free with their language he's like he's like i don't understand he's like you know what's his name from down the street you want to i can treat him like white folks no 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 i don't want you to treat him like white folks <laughs> <laughs> He was but like, I, hold up now. He's still black, but he's not a slave. What's the name of the dude, the little dude that does the deliveries for Mr. Miller? <laughs> oh, yeah, him. Treat him like him. <laughs> Just such it's faulty all of logic. gymnastics that they have to do. Like, no, it's it's a little bit more dignity, but like not <laughs> yeah, as much as white folks. Let's not get folk. crazy, okay? Let's not get nuts. 20% more. And then I'm, you know, I think, I think that, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's character in that movie is so, so well written. Mm, so well the written. Quintessential Uncle Tom. Because you like hate that guy after oh, that movie. Oh, hate is you are you are just waiting for the end of the movie when he gets <laughs> like I know he about to he, die. So like I remember I was listening to an interview with um, Samuel L. Jackson who works with Quentin Tarantino on a lot of his movies, mm-hmm. and he says he's like one of the few people that. He doesn't ask me to do a movie. He sends me the script and says, this is what you're being a part of this movie. And oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's like, that's kind of just the relationship they have. Yeah. They, they send the, the script for Django and he's like, oh, you don't want black people to like me anymore. That's what this is right, about. Right, that's what this is about. Because <laughs> they're they about to hate me after this movie. I mean, it was a true test of his reputation because yes. somehow we still love him after we still that. Do. We still do. He, <laughs> he, he, he slid right into the Avengers. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> With I think no problem. in the middle of the Avengers. Yeah, that's in, true. Yeah. That's true. Um, and so I think there's some, you know, there's obviously the violence. There's obviously, you know, the use of the N word, however you feel about that. But I think there's also some 
just it's cool to just have a, a slave story that I don't feel bogged down after watching. I don't have to like steer away from white people I'll afterwards. I don't have to like decompress and like sit there and like not go to work the next right, day. Like, yeah, to have a movie where you're like, yeah, get him, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the hero was they had the right hero yes. finally. Yeah. Um Yeah, and it's it's completely like fantasy, right? Yeah. Cuz it that didn't happen. It didn't happen, but that's fine. That's fine. I don't I know what the real I know what real slavery right. was like. Right. I really do. Trust me, I do. <laughs> yeah. This is I I want a fantasy story where I win in the end. And I, and I, thank I, you. I can't deny that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read the Bible for the suspense. I win in the end. I win in the end. <laughs> That'll preach. Um, so, Michael, what did we learn today? We we did. We were all over the place. We but were. what did we learn today? Y'all, thank you for sticking with us to the end of this episode because it got passionate. But what we did talk about was whether or not we do need more slave movies. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, was the, that was the shortest part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the answer There's is no. <laughs> but, you know, we talked about some of the problems of, of slave movies, some of the things slave movies have been attempting and perhaps failing at. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we ended with what are, what are a couple, a few slave movies that we can stomach. Mm-hmm. So... Of course, this is not where the conversation ends. We would love to see on Twitter, you know, continued conversations about what slave movies you you can stomach or like whether you disagree. Like, do you think we do still need some more slave movies? And, mm-hmm. and we would love to hear why. Uh, so we invite you to use the hashtag talk about it pod hashtag talk about it pod and feel free to tag us. You can find me at J Marie Morgan and I am Malcolm D O T media Malcolm D O T media on Twitter. And we would love, love, love to hear you continue or to read you continue these conversations there. Um, so thank you so much for coming and joining and us for real quick, a public service announcement, white people, that slave movie script that you have. Stop writing it. We oh, no. We don't need oh, it. Oh, no. We don't need it. Let them write it. Give it to your black friends. We don't need <laughs> it. <laughs> We're not here to tell folks what to do now. I am. I am. When it comes to slave <laughs> movies, I'm definitely here to tell you what to do. Help us. <laughs> anyway, y'all, thank you for coming. We will look forward to seeing you next time. I have been Micah Morgan. And I am and will always be Malcolm Morgan. <laughs> and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>